What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Combo Church Podcast. My name is Craig. And my name is Kara, and we are the lead pastors of Combo Church. If you are listening on ComboChurch.com, iTunes, or Spotify, make sure you subscribe, follow, and like. We love it when you share with your family and friends, and we would love it if you could leave us a great review. Our prayer for you is that the message today will inspire purpose, encourage life, and build faith in you. Enjoy Enjoy the the message. message. We, uh, we want to just do something special for Father's Day. Uh, here at Convo, we just really appreciate the family, amen. The family's kind of deteriorating in our country, and, and we want to, to make a difference. And we love the fact that there are so many men that come to Convo. Could it be better? Always. Can there be more women coming? Sure. We just want to make a difference in our community. We're just so excited that the men have taken the lead here that are, are really doing something. And so, yeah, if we can give a give them a hand. That's awesome. And we want to bring that even deeper. So we invited some of these dads up here. Aren't they good looking? Could you give them a hand? Man. That's kind of a weak clap. I'm not sure what that means. I don't think that I don't think that means really anything, but we'll just take it from there. Um, there's all different ages as you can see. I'm the youngest up here and then we have different age No, I'm just teasing. It's lies. That's lies, but that's okay. Uh, all different age groups and all different ages of kids, and so what I'm going to do is just quickly, they're going to, and I say quickly because uh, some of these guys like to talk, so I'm like, hey, we just got to shut you down when it's time, but that's okay. I, I, I'm i just going to have them quickly say their name, and, and what, how long have you been a dad? You don't need to name all the kids, even though we hope you remember their names, but you don't have to name all the dads, but just uh, how, uh, what your name is and how long you've been a dad, and if you guys could start the timer in the back, that would be awesome so that we could kind of keep track. Okay, go ahead. That's probably better. Uh, my name's Dan, and I have four boys. I remember their names, by the way. Um, and uh, I've been a dad for 44 years. to remind me <laughs> and love every moment love every moment of it hello everybody oh first time first time okay all right uh, my name is herman as a lot of you guys know me um i am a father of three and a newborn actually that, who just turned a month old um and I have been a father for, I would say, about 30 years. Um, truly only 12 because of my oldest is 12 years old. But, you know, I, I was from a single mom. And so I was basically, I raised my brother. So awesome. You could tell Herman likes to preach. That's why we turned up his microphone a lot. I'm Rocky. I'm the one of the pastors here, and I am the father. Uh, I've been I've, I have two kids and, and a son-in-law now, and I have been a dad for 26 years. I know I don't look that old, but I 26 years. I was thinking, who has it tougher, the parent of the teenager or the newborn? I couldn't. I'm not really sure yet. Maybe we could decide after we're all done. Um, 
Jabari, let's start with you. Why is the father's spiritual role so important? I think the father's spiritual role is really important because the first thing that comes to mind is order. Um, I think there's a level of, there needs to be order in the family. And I immediately think of like body alignment. If your body is out of whack, there is, you know, there's pain, there's discomfort, you know that there's something not right. And that can be seen anywhere within the family. And as a, as a father, you, you, you step in as a male anyways, you step into many roles and first as a husband, then you step into as a father. And there's these examples that need to be set. And, um, with those examples being set, you, you start an alignment within your family. You start an order that is not only biblical, but it is, it is things that will transcend all the way down to generations beyond you, even past you. Um, Scripture-wise, what I think of immediately is Colossians 3, um, 18 through 21. Um, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to pull a little section out of it. Um, and fathers don't have unrealistic, unrealistic expectations for your children or else they may become discouraged. And that's something that we can see in the world a lot today. Um, immediately, I think of sports and how dads wanted like, okay, you're, you're gonna be my all-star football player. And this is not to discredit anyone, but if your son is not good at football <laughs> and you, you continue to pressure him to be, be good at football, like he's gonna be discouraged. You know, you wanna be able to identify what his spiritual abilities are. Each and, each and every one of us has a purpose. And I think as fathers in our roles, we need to identify that and we need to go in and encourage our children to be better, to step up and know that they've been chosen. Herman, you want to add on to that? Let me make sure I got this right. This <laughs> well, no, yeah, I agree that, you know, they're, they're, it all starts with foundation, right? Having having that godly foundation because we can we can all start you know our own kind of mindset or tradition or whatnot but if it's not grounded around what god's plan is and and directed towards his way then you know everything just collapses i mean i'm in i do architecture and and i know very well that if you don't have a, a really good foundation it's going to collapse you know there's going to be wind and it's just going to tear it down so i i strongly agree that um having organization in your home communication you know and just talking about those things that scare a lot of us right like sex um pornography all those things should 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 be at the you know at our table like there there should not be a time when we can't talk about those things and and you know most importantly prayer you know prayer as a family right Danny you want to add to that yeah um, one of the things that I I've noticed is and you were talking about the Old Testament this morning and how we can see Christ all throughout the Old Testament. And that was really a time where God was letting us know that he was going to send his son. I mean, this wasn't a surprise. It wasn't like, I need to figure out how to save these people because they're doomed. He'll come up with this from the beginning. He planned this. And so what did he do? He taught his people um, that there was going to be a savior that was going to come and pay that price. And it was through Christ that he actually modeled it. And I think that's an example that 
uh, for parents that we really need um, to take a hold of is we just have such a responsibility, especially as fathers, to model Christ to your kids. That is a tall order. And I'll be the first one to say I did not hit that high mark in my raising my kids. But I do know this, another name for Jesus is Redeemer. And the beauty of the people on this panel, the people in this room, is that you may be a dad that made some mistakes, like me. And in, in spite of my best efforts to never need grace, I needed grace. But I do know this, that God redeemed that. He gave me an understanding through that that allows me to speak into somebody else's life and share with them, hey, if you goofed up, take the grace that's already been won for you, change your ways, and then move ahead. And your kids are going to see that as well. So do your best. They're not perfect, but do your best to model Christ. So good. Thank you, Dan. Um, if you watch any bit of TV, which I discourage these days because I used to watch Tim the Toolman Taylor. I mean, watch Tim. What's the name of the show? Fuller Home Improvement. I was thinking Fuller House, but that's a whole. That dad was actually pretty good in Fuller House. So uh, the dads portrayed on, on sitcoms are pretty bad. I mean, the mom is always strong and like bold, and then the dad is this other guy and stuff. And uh, unfortunately in society, we've kind of went down that direction. And so my next question to you guys, and we'll start with Herman, is fatherhood needs its honor restored. How can we do this? Well, I would definitely say that, you know, when it comes to someone like me who, who didn't quite grow up in the, in the church, you know, atmosphere, um, or I would say where I involve God all the time, I would say starting with that, you know, allowing um, to have that relationship with the Lord, right, allowing him to um, utilize you as a vessel, right, into speaking life into other people because um, the, the more I grow, and not only as a spiritual follower, but as a father, I, I begin to realize how our father is with us, right? Um, he, he also gets frustrated with us, but not because of that. He's going to say, you know what? You're not on my list anymore, you know? So uh, patience is one of those things, right, where, where we can bring back honor, but also understanding that um, not everybody's at the same level as we are, right? And allowing God to work, you know, through us as a vessel into everybody else because just like our kids, you know, they're sponges and they're trying to consume everything that we do, you know. So being that, not just that father figure, but that leader, right, being that, like, that role model, right. Yeah. Jabari? Well, uh, I thought about this question for a long time. And there's four points that immediately come to mind to me. Um, loving grace, model and example, discipline is definitely a must, and grounded heavenly vision. And I think these are points that, as a father, we need to be installing into our kids. And loving grace. Um, in our society, every single one of us struggle with rejection. And that starts from even as an infant. Like if a baby is crying for a long amount of time, you're not showing that love. And that kid is looking for that love in that moment. And if you're not there, you're not showing up. So it starts off young. But 
what I also notice is like around the age of eight, there is this level of self-doubt in so many of, especially in boys um, and girls, um, but there's so this, this level of self-doubt. And I think it comes from just us not showing that love and being consistent with them and being around with them and just showing them how our father loves us, how our heavenly father loves us and, and passing that down to them. Um, I have a lot here, so I'm just going to kind of skip over some stuff. <laughs> um, I do encourage that you read 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3, because it really touches on love. It really hits right to the core of what God's expectation of the household is. Um, but example and model to follow. Um, I think the greatest example that we have is, is the New Testament and the four Gospels. Like how much stronger can we get by looking at the example that Christ has set? Are we ever going to be Christ? Absolutely not. But we have a model that we can look at and take those bits and pieces and bring it into our own home and bring it into our kids. Not only bring it into our kids, but bring it into our marriages, you know, because our kids are looking at us. Um, discipline is definitely a must. I mean, the Bible says um, in so many different areas, there's Hebrews, there's Proverbs, um, that we shouldn't spare the rod. Discipline has to be a must because discipline is not only um, growth, but it's guidance. We're teaching our kids how to, like, they're only a kid for a moment in time, but they're going to be adults for the rest of their lives. So what are what are we putting into our kids? You know, we, we definitely got to discipline them. And it's God disciplines us. So he doesn't good. spare that. Um, one of the things that really sticks out to me is, like, when God talked about um, he didn't spare the angels when he casted them out of heaven. So if God is not going to, like, spare the angels from that discipline, what are, what are we doing? Are we just going to sit back and just look at them and be like, well, you know, they'll learn their lesson. No, we have to teach that, you know. That's good. That's um, good. Last, last point. Uh, <laughs> I know you want to wrap it up. Give them a microphone. Look what happened. <laughs> Heavenly vision. I think this is a, a huge aspect of uh, a father's role. We all have a purpose. I said this before. We, every single one of us have a purpose. And so many of us, like, continue to go through our lives. I didn't realize what my purpose was until I was into my 30s. And that's not anything a discredit to my father. It was just I didn't want to listen. You know, there is a, le a level of rebellion that I didn't want to want to um, hear what he had to say. He was speaking life over me, and I just didn't realize it until I had my own kids and I was going through my own thing. We need to be able to uplift and encourage. We need to identify what their purpose is and where they're going because these are roles that God has given them. And if we are not stewarding that, then what are we doing? Thank you, Jabari. That's really good. Dan, I'm going to give you the next one in a second. So maybe you could, if you have some notes, maybe you can finish those notes up and then go to the next question. Uh, one of the biggest things for me is uh, time. If you give somebody your time, you are giving them a lot. You can give gifts all the time, guys, women moms, dads, you can give as many gifts as you want. You give somebody their time, that's so important. I really want to encourage you dads to do that. Uh, I played football, and my dad came to probably two games. Most important one was we played Warren, last game of the season, and we needed to win that game. Raining like nobody's business in Ohio, cold and windy, and my dad was there. He's from Italy, just old school and old country. It just it wasn't something he did. He, he supported me. I remember that. 35, 40 years later now, however long it's been, because that meant something to me that he took the time on that Friday night to come watch that football game, and we lost by one. So that's not that's a whole other story. Not that I'm bitter about that. Okay. Uh, this one's, this one, next one's pretty important, and 
I really got want you guys to think about this because this is something that we could impact the church, impact our community. Broken and split families are a reality. How can single mothers still have male spiritual leadership in their children's life? And how can fathers still have a positive impact on their children when they don't get the majority of time with them? Meaning like broken up families or split up families. So Dan, we're going to start with you. I wanted to point out that you and I have retro notes on paper this morning. We're not high tech as our brothers are over here. Old, um, she's young. <laughs> uh, I want to read Psalm 68, um, 4 through 5. Uh, it says, sing praises to God and to his name. Sing loud praises to him who rides the clouds. His name is the Lord. Rejoice in his presence. Father to the fatherless, defender of widows. This is God whose dwelling is holy. And another one, if you need, uh, it's James 1, 5, if you need wisdom, Ask our generous Father, ask God, and he will give it to you. Uh, he will not rebuke you for asking. And I think that's, this is tough because I'm not a single mother, and I honestly haven't really known many single mothers. And so this one really, I spent a lot of time really praying about this and saying, really, you know, what should we be doing as the church to be able to help mothers who are raising kids on their own and um, I think it's a lot the same as what a godly father would do in being able to just set a, an example and uh, try and include your kids in your relationship with God. Because uh, one of you brothers said uh, something about, um, uh, about the fact that your kids see you and what you do. And believe me, they will model what you do more than what you say sometimes, sometimes to your own detriment. So... Um, I think the other thing is make a commitment to pray with them every day, uh, read God's word on your own and with them. And um, you can find men in your family. I'm a grandpa. I love being able to speak words of life into my grandkids. So there are men, uh, grandparents and dads and uncles and brothers and even within the church, you know, there are groups. I know as a kid, Royal Rangers was a group I got involved with, uh, Boy Scouts. Uh, there were opportunities for me to be able to get uh, input. I, I had a good dad. My dad wasn't around a lot. Uh, my dad and I, at times we didn't get around, but thank God there were a lot of godly men in the church that set an example for me, and that's a place to reach as well. That's awesome. Jabari, any thoughts? Um, definitely. Um, as Dan said, it's kind of hard to answer that first part of the question on, you know, I'm not a single mom. Um, I've been around single moms, um, but at the end of the day, I'm not a single mom, so I don't really know how to answer this. Loosely, what comes to mind biblically is I think of Naomi and Ruth. I think of the widow woman and her son. I think of Abraham, Sarah, Hagar, and Ishmael. And these are ones that just like instantly come to mind, and I think uh, I encourage you to read those if you haven't or if you don't know it. Um, but one of the things I can see in both um, Naomi and Ruth and the widow woman are they were both aggressive. Um, they sought after, you know, help for their children. You know what I mean? Ruth, yeah, she didn't have a child in, in this situation, but Naomi was the mother of Ruth. So she taught her to, like, step out and go after her husband, which is Boaz, which brings Jesus back into the lineage. Um and I think as, as uh, single moms that you need to, not only do you need to be Christ-centered, but you need to be actively looking for 
someone in your life that is Christ-centered. Um, instantly, I think of my dad. My dad was a pastor, um, and he is someone that I would definitely put my kids around. He taught me so much wisdom that is only t the fruits are starting to develop right now. I have another man in my life that he isn't a father. He wasn't be blessed with the ability to have kids. But his example that he sets to my kids and that he sets to other men around him, like these are the things that I think as a single woman should be looking for. Amen. I guess that leaves me, right? Um, I, I wanted to kind of answer um, that question on how can single mothers um, still have that, um, that male sp spiritual leadership, right? And I would say it, it's simple, show up to church right? Show up to church, worship, and allow the Holy Spirit to flow through you, right? And, and through that, you'll meet the people, whether it's, you know, combo youth, um, combo kids, or whatnot, um, people who actually care about each one of you guys, um, you know, to help guide your kids, right? Um, to, to, to allow to get close to God. Um, the other thing that I wanted to read here was Actually, a scripture, um, if I can get to it here. Okay, Jeremiah 33, 2 um, and 3, on the version of the message, um, says, this is God's message. The, the God who made earth um, made it uh, livable and lasting, known everywhere as God. Call, call to me and I will answer you. I tell you marvelous and wonderful things that you could never figure out on your own. Um, so that alone right there, just, you know, bringing back a little bit of how I grew up and not being, you know, a Jesus follower and, and kind of Jesus following me and never quite abandoning, abandoning me. Um, I can, I can relate to, you know, my mom being a single parent, right? And then just having people who are around me. But it wasn't until um, I allowed God into my life um, that I started to, to see changes, right? And, and it's not easy, dads or moms who are dads as well, right? Um, it, it's, it's a daily struggle, but... The Bible, if, if the Bible teaches anything, right, is that we can't do life alone. Like, we need our Father, who is God, right? Um, so, yeah. That's good. We, we need those examples. Uh, so, I have an encouragement for everybody. Don't come to church in a hurry. And what I mean by that, like, I got to come and I got to go real fast. Now, there are those Sundays where you have to leave. That's fine. Stay and maybe introduce yourself to a single mom or uh, you see a lady has a bunch of kids or even a guy comes as a bunch of kids. You could be a help to them. If we're not here, though, we can't be a help. So I really encourage you, men and women, make that take the time to say, I want to help somebody else and be a spiritual father, spiritual mom to them. How many of you have heard that term, spiritual father? A lot of dads aren't around. That's okay. I mean, wh whatever the case is, but God is always around. And then you can have somebody else in your life, maybe more mature, older, whatever, that can be a spiritual father, not only to you, but to your kids also. So don't, don't look down on that and say there's, not, there's nobody available. Don't ever say that. Make, like, like Herman said, bring your kids to church 
and say, God, I want you to help somebody be available. I want you to show me who's available, lead me to them, and then build that relationship. And I don't think there's anybody in this room that would say, no, I don't want that. I don't want to be a spiritual dad to somebody. That's the coolest thing in the world. Why would you not want that? So I really want to encourage, like Herman said, start by coming to church, get them involved, and, and God's going to do some awesome things in their lives. Thank you, guys. Hey, hey you you're Pastor Rocky. Yeah. Um, can I add one last thing? Um, when, when you're speaking about that, too, um, I feel that a lot of times when we come to church, we're, we want it to be about us. And maybe God has someone else that he wants you, you know, to pass on a message, right? We pray about this stuff every day, but we don't allow God to work, you know, either through us or how are we supposed to hear them or, you know, if, if you don't allow him to work through you. So I say, you know show up to church but also don't just always come with that mentality that it's all about me because it could be about somebody else god might have a message for somebody else so good Herma, we're going to start with you because uh, you kind of answered this but we're just going to go over it again why is church involvement so important to assist a father's role and what are some things like what do you think about kids ministry youth ministry maybe in your own life or in your kids life how has that impacted them so go ahead and answer that question well, um, I would say, like, youth or, or kids ministry, I would, I would start off with, right, is it's one of those things where, uh, you know, I was partially a part of, and, and, and actually, that's actually one of my testimonies was, um, you know, I grew up in, in, in an area that wasn't quite um, the best, right? It was, it was like Spanish Harlem, right? Um, there was a lot of things going on where, where not the best role models were around. And, and quite frankly, I, I wouldn't put my kid in, in those type of situations. But, um, you know, long story short, we had um, a Baptist Christian church going around in a van, okay, picking up kids like myself where the, where the mom worked two jobs, right, and I was eating from house to house and said, Hey, you want to come to our church? We worship. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm good. And, and they're like, we have food. And I'm like, sign me up. <laughs> sign me up. Right? How, how, I mean, as a kid, you know, that's the first thing you think of. But, you know, going back to that, right, is I show up to this church and it's not what I think of, right? Almost, I'm not going to lie. It's almost like combo, right? People are worshiping. I'm like, what the hell is this? What, you know, what, what's, sorry, my language, right? What's, what's going on here, right? Like, people, people we'll are falling. What, what's going on there? And, and on my way back from this, right, after they fed me, of course, um, the driver, you know, out of, out of the blues just says, you know, have you allowed Jesus into your life? And I, and I said, what, what is, you know, I know who God is, but what is this Jesus thing? And he said, well, if you don't know God or you don't know Jesus, he said, you know, I highly recommend that, you know, you, you close your eyes or, you, you know, you allow him into your life, right? And, and as an 11-year-old, I'm like, what is this guy talking about, right? I'm like, just, just give me more food, right? Or, or don't snatch me, right? Because this guy's <laughs> dropping, dropping me off, like, 
picking up kids, you know, around the neighborhood. You're like, feel like a drug dealer or something, right? And, you know, he says, he says, um, you, don't, you don't have to be perfect or anything to allow Jesus into your life. And the way I would recommend that you do it is just close your eyes and say, God, you know what? I allow you into your life. And that's basically what I did. I had to walk basically a whole block. When I got halfways, I was this weirdo. I closed my eyes, and I still remember this like yesterday, but I closed my eyes and I said, Jesus, I don't really know you. I don't know who you are, but if you can come into my life, like that would be amazing. Like I, I completely give my heart and soul to you. And obviously I didn't have anybody to really mentor me or, or, or back me up with that. And this is where, this is why we're sitting here, right? Because we want to encourage every single male or female or young person, right, that, that it's really important, you know, not for just someone to get baptized, but to, to follow through, right? Be there with them, right? We could be going through something, but you never know. That person is actually going to do something more impactful to you than you think that you are to them. Yeah, yeah, so it's good. Uh, Jabari, uh, so let's, the, the question is, why is church involvement so important? Do you, do you really feel like bringing your kids to church is important? How, how has that impacted you? Because you said you're a pastor's kid. How did that impact you? And what do you think about bringing the kids to church today? Um, I definitely think it's very important. Um, I was born in a church. By the time my father had turned to Christ, I was just coming into the world. So that was just part of what I, you know, what I grew up with. I didn't know anything else but that. Um, and as time had progressed, my father ended up, he, become, he did the work to become a pastor. And we didn't have a children's ministry. Um, I, like all my brothers and sisters, we sat in the church with all the adults, which was probably a bad thing. Um, a lot of tantrums and stuff going on. But what was great about that is I got to be around adults. I got to see an example that was set. And now we fast forward to nowadays where there's a children ministry in a lot of churches now. And I think it's very important because there is something that I missed out during that time of the simplicity of what it is to be a Jesus follower. And I feel like just being in children's ministry, just seeing how the lessons are put together and how we talk to the kids, it's like, boom, they can take it and they can recite it weeks later, which most of us, when it comes in one ear and one out, it goes right out the other. Um, and I think as adults, as we get older, we think it has to be more complicated that we all, oh, we got to do this and we have to do that. The kids just take it and they run with it. And I think that's very vital. Um, if you don't have your, your child in children ministry, get them in there. And if you don't feel comfortable, go down there and see what they're, what they're teaching, what they're teaching your kids, ask them what they're teaching their, your, your kids. Okay. Um, youth ministry, I think, is huge because during, I mean, during uh, children's ministry, we're teaching, we're coaching. But I feel like youth, we're coming to an age where they're going to go off and they're going to start making decisions for, their, for themselves. And I feel like this is where the level of we need to come in with encouragement and we need to support them on the road that they're taking. We don't need, we, you know, if discipline is needed, discipline is needed. But we need to be uplifting them because they're going out into the world where someone can just say one thing and shatter their whole dream which takes them off track down a whole different path of what God had intended for them from the get-go. Yeah, 
Dan, I'm going to let you, we're kind of winding down here. I'm going to let you have the last word on this one. Uh, thanks. Um, I'm going to just get, if you're taking notes, write down uh, Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9. Um, and the gist of it basically is that you need to let God's word be a part of everything that you are. And that's going to guide uh, you and how you um, share the love of God. But I, I want to share testimony here that in my life, um, youth ministry is what gave me a safe place to know God. And, and uh, I grew up in the 70s. Yes, there are people still alive from the 70s. Um, it was a good time, Southern California, but it was a safe place with my friends to really figure out who God uh, had created me to be. Uh, I was blessed with incredible youth pastors that love God and uh, they taught by example. I was blessed with incredible friends that challenged me uh, to live according to God's word and still do to this day. And from that, I entered uh, as an intern minister's program back in the early 80s. Um, so I'm, I just I do want to kind of touch on youth ministry and the importance of it um, because there is that a real opportunity for your kids to become involved and get an opportunity to really get to know God. And so that's that's one of the things about kids' ministry as well. This is a place for them to, to be challenged um, of, to get to know who God is. Jabari, any final thoughts? I'll give you a minute. Um, I would just have to say, like, I talk a lot about encouragement and purpose up here. Um, I realized at a very young age that it was set in my heart that I wanted to be a father, that I wanted to be a husband, that I wanted to be able to be retired early so I can spend that time with my wife and my kids. That's something that's still dear to my heart. And I feel like um, fatherhood has definitely been watered down over generations. And we really need to bring fathers back into the home. And we really, you know, it, women are absolutely incredible. They're doing double duty. They're being the mom and they're being the father but we have a role to play. Men, we have a role to play. We need to step up and play our positions. It's easy for us to turn around and put a jersey on and say, hey, I'm gonna watch this football game, a soccer game, but you have someone else's name on your back. What is your last name? Is there a legacy that you're leaving? Is there something more that you're embedding to your kids that's gonna go to the third generation, the fourth generation? This is something that we, we this is serious. Because what we're doing, if we're not doing what we need to do, we're just leading kids into another situation as of COVID right now. How are they dealing with situations like this? You know, what, what happens 10 years from now? You know, I, I can keep going. I'm going to stop because I don't want to take all right, up all. Thank you. <laughs> no, that's really, that's, that's so good. We can go a thousand different directions, but that's really good. Herman, real quick, can you wrap things up? Yes. Um, I wanted to just kind of share with you guys that um, while I was, you know, reviewing, you know, the questions that we were going to talk about, and I was having this moment um, the other day with just the Lord, just talking to him, and, you know, I had all this, you know, all these things that I wanted to talk about, and, and I was having this conversation, and God's like, yeah, you know, that all that stuff sounds good, but, you know, he, he, I heard it as clear as water, he said, um, we need, well, he didn't say we need, but he said, he, he threw the word revival, right? And what, you know, what that means to me, it, uh -oh, or, or, what, what, or what that, you know, inter interpreted as, as, as the day went on, 
um, and then talking to a couple other people was we need revival in men, you know, and just in general. We, we need the household to be, you know, taken back in control, right? Um, not, not just for the men, but for the women as well, right? We need to have authority. Like you said, you know, we, we, we need to have certain guidelines, um, and we need to have like purpose, right? And 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 how do we do this? We we surround each other with the with the right people, right? From church, people who are headed the same direction that you are, right? Not not a whole different other direction, right? Um, and I just there there's a huge need not just in this city but around the world of revival for men, right? For fathers real father figures right somebody not to just teach about sports like we we're saying or or other things but making time to spend you know to read the bible or to to pray together which is probably the most important thing um and yeah i think he he put that into my heart and and i feel that you know if there's any of you guys here who you know who in the past have felt like God isn't there for you or you don't know God, that he is around and he, and he loves you very much. And I'll just pass that back to you. Please. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Herman. See why I chose these guys? They're, oh, my goodness. We could go for a long time. Uh, Jabari, I'm going to have you pray for what Herman just spoke about. If I can have everybody just close your eyes. Heavenly Father, your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, um, we just thank you for this opportunity for this platform that has been set for us to get up here and just kind of talk from our heart and talk from the Bible. Um, we know Holy Spirit has been working through us and speaking through us to the crowd, whoever needs to hear it. We are speaking for the one, Heavenly Father. And I just pray as what Herman had talked about revival, that is something that has been set in my heart for generations, Father. There is a level of revival that needs to happen, and I pray that just the fresh wind comes through here and just ushers into us and ushers through this church and right out the doors into all the other fathers that need to step up, that need to, to play their position, Father. Um, I just ask for your comfort and your grace and your peace, Father, throughout all this. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us on the Convo Church Podcast. Special shout out to those who give so generously to Convo Church. It's because of you that this ministry is even possible. If you want to sow into the ministry, go to ConvoChurch.com and simply click the Give button. It's that easy. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, follow, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories and tag us at Convo Church. Thanks again for listening. Make sure you tune in to the next episode of the Combo Church Podcast.